Eat Me, Not My Cat, A Halloween Misadventure by Danielle Antillette. It was Halloween and my friend and I dressed up as fairies and dropped acid. Robbie was an autumn fairy, all red and orange with a dollar store sword. The sword made slashing noises when he pushed its button. She used the sword to fight off the impending winter, to tell it who was boss. I was a butterfly fairy, wearing yellow and brown stripes, green tights, and an antenna hairband. I carried with me a stuffed cat for no other reason than as we left my apartment, the little guy looked at me and said, take me with you. Walking around in the daylight, laughing and skipping, we wait for something to happen. I feel it in my intestines, something brewing to a bubble like the boil of a cauldron. I need to find a place to shit. A guy that looks too young to buy cigarettes solicits for a hookah lounge. They play great music and the prices can't be beat, he says. How about the toilets? We descend the handful of stairs to the semi-basement of the clientless smoker's lounge. Robbie orders green apple shisha and I find the bathroom to be small, dimly lit and separated from the main room only by a curtain. Their great music is playing rather loud, so I relax, giving the toilet bowl my breakfast and lunch. Incense smoke falls around me, making faces and laughing at me, so I laugh back at its effervescence. <laughs> Having no more to give, I use a liberal amount of toilet paper to wipe myself with and fit the rest of the roll into my fairy pouch. I come out of the bathroom and sit down on a chessboard table across from Robbie. I can't tell what it is, but she looks different. And the more I try to discern the difference, the less my eyes want to focus. It must be the lingering smoke, for Robbie is blowing smooth streams of the green apple shisha from her round lips. She has a chess game set up and takes the first move. I try my best to recollect the rules and we seem to be following them. King me, says Robbie, and I realize we've been playing checkers all along. The smoke laughs its way out of our nostrils until the charcoal burns out. We pay our tab and leave. We are officially fucked up. Our guts hurt as we tremble with laughter over nothing and everything all at once. Our jaws ache from the clench of permanent smiles. The emerging stars wink with approval. Robbie sparts a park approaching, and though our legs cannot stop moving, we are stoked by the thought of sitting. There are quite a few people here, a hundred at least. Elvis, some cheerleaders, hockey players, brides, grooms, and the occasional princess. But something's not right. Something is wrong. In their various costumes, they all look the same, like cousins or something. We're surrounded by zombies. Two innocent fairies seated in the middle of a zombie congregation, a f***ing zombie family reunion. Terrified, we try to leave inconspicuously and with our lives. But the starlight bounces off our glittered wings and becomes a twinkle in the zombie's eyes. We run, sword and cat in hand. Little more than a block away, we find a patch of grass on which we find our breath. We lay there looking up through the tree branches at the clear night sky and all of the stars it has to offer, enjoying our false sense of well-being. The zombies, having assembled their numbers, march down the street on an endless quest for flesh. Fairy flesh. Robbie, brave fairy that she is, jumps to her feet, draws her sword, and slashes at the air. But the zombies do not fear her or her wildly waving sword. The clinks and clanks it makes ring like dinner bells in their putrid ears. Eat me, not my cat, I beg of them, still lying on the ground. Eat me, not my cat. A zombie punk rocker grabs for my leg. Take the cat, take the f***ing cat. I scramble to my feet and hold the cat at arm's length. The zombie punk, Johnny Stinkin' Rotten, takes the cat and devours it, tossing its stuffed carcass aside. Still ravenous, he comes for us with his outstretched arms and his slobbering, blood-soaked lips. 
Robbie grabs my hand, I grab the dying cat. We run down the street, wondering when our wings will kick in and help us fly. We run down a flight of stairs. My heart explodes, implodes, explodes, implodes, and I feel the throb of it in my veins. We're on a boardwalk with no zombies in sight, and our only witness to what has just happened is a lifeless cat. Robbie and I look into each other's eyes. As tears develop out of pupils, we crumple to the ground. I pull the roll of stolen toilet paper out of my fairy pouch, and I dry my eyes with a strip of it. I pass the roll to Robbie for her to do the same, but she uses it to bandage up my cat. You're all better now. Just make sure to get some rest, she tells it and kisses it on the head. We're both looking at the cat with sadness, when suddenly we're giddy with giggles again. Our earlier harmony returns, and reading the stars, we know we are blessed. Robbie draws me back to reality and asks, what time do you think it is? I reach into my fairy pouch, digging through moon dust and smoke, looking for my phone. It's not there. I dump everything out onto the boardwalk. I turn every pocket inside out. It's gone. Lost. Forever. Finding her phone, Robbie says, it's quarter after 12. We've been tripping for seven hours. Gone, I say, and blow my nose with the toilet paper, looking at the mess I've made. Don't be sad, Dee, her hand on my shoulder. We'll get you a new one. A better one that doesn't get lost. No, I'm just not meant to have one. Look at the stars. They twinkle regardless. Defeated, I scoop everything back into my pouch. I hold my mummified cat under my arm, and we walk home looking at our shoes. We part ways at my street. I hear the patter of her feet grow small and rise again. I turn to face her as breathless, she says... It's a phone! I know it's a phone, I say. You don't have to rub it in. No, Dee, it's a phone. You can call a phone. Robbie has a phone. She even has my phone number. Of course we can call it. I look to the stars and see them smiling. They knew all along that this was something I had to hear from my fellow fairy. My heart, like a star, dies and is reborn with every beat. We wait for someone to answer. Robbie has him on the line, the finder of my phone, the savior of communication. He's not far from here, she says as she hangs up. I told him we're fairies. A few minutes pass and an uncanny man with long hair dressed in white approaches. He is pale, almost glowingly so, and I can see he is splattered with blood. Here's your phone, he says, handing it to me, but I am unable to grasp it. It falls to the ground. Robbie grabs my arm and screams, Stop!